This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at discounttire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to that Mill podcast. Fresh from a 1-0 away win yesterday at the Coventry City Rico Arena, that I call it. It's Coventry City Building Stadium or something. I'm sure Kai will be able to update me on that in a second. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the show. My name's Omar. As always, joining me is my regular co-host, Mickey Simpson. Hello, pal. You right? Yes, pal. You? You're not bad. How's your phone today? Is it all right? Yeah, it's all right now, mate. Now, now that I had the mobile IT specialist come around, mate, and fix it. But yeah, no... Um... It's been a bit weird because obviously before we come before we press record, we were talking about a few bits and some bits I hadn't seen, some bits I had um, because I just couldn't fucking get into my phone. I suppose that that will be. I will give you a warning during the show of what not to do um, so that you don't get into the position I got today and having to um, reset your phone. But there is a benefit to it: is that you should fucking remember that you've reset your phone and everything gets wiped and you need to reload everything. Not to go fucking shopping and then realise that, shit, you've got no money on you. Everything is on the phone when you don't actually have any cards saved on the phone. Uh, but the only benefit was is I can remember one of the cards number off the top of my head because it's the one I use for parking. And luckily enough, I could reload it in the queue sitting at the till. So, uh, yeah, save the day. But, yeah, it, was, um, it could have been a lot worse. I haven't invoiced you yet, so um, I'll let you know the cost in due course. Right. Don't worry. Kai I said he's going to pay for it. Five working <laughs> days, um, my invoice will be in your inbox, so don't worry. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Kai, as well. Hello, pal. You good? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Fantastic win last night. So, yeah, buzzing about that. It's been a good day, you know, reflecting on that win. Looking forward to talking about it now. Indeed. Well, we will be obviously talking about that in more length, um, deviating to other topics off that as well, as always. And also, in part number two, we'll talk a bit about Bristol City coming up on Sunday uh, at Ashton Gate. So, is it still called Ashton Gate? Come on, Kai. What's the Coventry City Stadium called? Is it Coventry? I think it's City, called, I think City it's called the Stadium Coventry Build Base Arena or something like that. <laughs> Come on, no, Coventry Build Base. I don't know, something like that. But we I come on shows every week and it's like different stadiums every week and it's not necessarily a change place. In Coventry's place, they're back at the Reef Arena. 
Um, I'm going to call it the Rico anyway for this show. But yeah, if you're new around here anyway, guys, and you're looking on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit the like uh, button. It helps us out a lot. Um, let us know how you think of the pods. Always appreciate the comments and reviews. Same goes to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. It helps podcasts a lot. Uh, we'll get straight to part number one now and talk more about yesterday's win. And welcome to the first part of the show. Kai, let's go straight away, mate. Tom Bradshaw, it's five and eight now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and four back-to-back in the league. We win one nil away at the Coventry City Stadium. Great result. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in a purple patch, isn't he? He's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Reminds me back, probably about, was it two years ago, just before Railwalk came in, Harris left, I think. Uh, Bradshaw scored. I think the spell started, didn't it? And then he yeah. continued on the um, route for a little while, didn't he? I think so, yeah. And I think he might have scored like five and seven or six and six and seven, something like that. Um, he's in a better, I think he's in just as good, if not better, scoring right now. And it's, it's been sort of this morning that he's only played 840 minutes of football or something this year. Um, he's just overtaken Jed as our leading goal scorer, which is six goals. And Jed's played 1700 something. So, um, you know, it shows, I know, I don't know Jed's a winger, but it just show how, how well. Uh, Tom Bradshaw is playing right now and, and, and what sort of form he's in. He he puts it down to the fact that he's not putting any pressure on himself and it's working. I think he's um, obviously really settled at Milwaukee, isn't he? And he strikes me as a player that is um, playing with a contract in his mind, Mickey. Obviously, he's got, no, he's got what, six months left on his contract. He's obviously hungry to impress. Very settled at the club, it appears, and his family's local in all accounts. Um, and he, he seems kind of at home at Mill, but also, you know, he's reminding the club what he's worth, I think, when these crucial contract talks finalise. Yeah, and I think that's all they're looking for, isn't it, is, is eyeing up the future. I mean, he seems happy here, and if he starts coming on scoring, what's he had, four in four now, and he as well, Guy? Yeah, yeah five in eight, so, four in the last four. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he's, he's starting to really settle into this new way of playing. So, hopefully, he keeps on going and gets stronger and stronger. And, um, and hopefully, you know, we can we can make a good push second half of the season. But no, he's looking all right. A friend of mine actually claimed for fame. There you go. A friend of mine registered the birth of his latest child. Um, well, he's probably about a year and a half, two years old now. But yeah, my a friend of mine, um, his missus uh, registered, uh, yeah, his birth. So, uh, yeah, because I got a text message that day going, uh, this player. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, we just registered his birth. I was like, oh, right, yeah. Probably confidential information, which shouldn't have been put out on the podcast, but hey ho. There you go. Claim to fame with the ex fan on the board. There you go. Ex fan like on the board. To, I like Mickey to pluck things that he's done in the past or mention things, but you know, there we go. Uh, but obviously, Kyle, look, you know, game going into, you know, we had 14 fit senior players available for the game. We had, you know, a few youngsters on the bench. We'll talk about obviously Lovelace in more detail in a little while. Obviously, coming off the bench, 15 years old and 240 days or 340 days, is it? Um, and obviously making his senior debut for the club, the second youngest ever player to play for Millwall. Uh, but obviously, you know, depleted squad, but backs against the wall, it seemed to suit us yesterday. And, you know, obviously 10 minutes to go, Bradshaw pops up and we get the all-important goals to win the game. Yeah, it was a, it was a really, um, it, was a, it was a, it was a really determined performance. Um, they worked really hard. And, and at half-time when it was nil-nil, I, I really would have taken a draw. I was really happy with a draw. I think before the game, we even said we would take a draw, didn't we? And um, obviously Bradshaw popping up with a last minute, well, a lot, like in the last ten minutes to to, to to score, you know, the winner is to makes it the the cherry on top, and it gives us a really good away performance and completes a really good away performance. Also, it sort of helps our away form a little bit because it's been stuttering, hasn't it, the last couple of weeks? Um, I think we won before that. I think it was Barnsley, wasn't it? Um, and we, we, you know, we did very well away from home last year and the year before. Uh, home form wasn't as good last year, but this year it's sort of reversed. Our home form has been much better and our away form hasn't been as good. But yesterday it was good to see us win on the road, a place where Coventry have had um, many, many good results there. So they beat Fulham there. I think it was 4-1 earlier in the season, didn't they? So, yeah, we, we went to a, a place with a very depleted squad and, and got the job done, which was which was really pleasing. Never would I have to correct you, but it was Sheffield United last away win. It was in that week after Barnsley. So I'll, I'll let you go a little bit. Um, but obviously we won at Barnsley 1-0. And like I said before we started recording, it, it struck me a lot like that sort of game at Barnsley away, where obviously, you know, Coventry are good football inside, aren't they, Kai? You know, they like to look yeah. after the ball, like to try and kind of buy their time. And it kind of puts their fans, as we were saying before as well, which we'll touch on, into a kind of sense of being a better footballing team. And it makes them the purists. And it makes them think they should beat sides like Millwall that, you know, don't play pretty at times, but end of the day, the all important stat is how many goals you score in a game. And regardless of that, back to the wall, we've got that 1-0 win. 
Absolutely, that's all you need, isn't it? You need to, you know, keep keep a clean sheet and and score and score. All you have to do is score a goal. And I thought the defensive, um, I thought the defense were, were really really good last night. I thought they were solid as, as ever. Um, you know, it was like it was almost like a return to to last season and how we defended. We looked, we didn't look really like we were going to concede. Um, their only couple of decent chances were one that sort of uh, Bart saved. It came out to him, and he, I think, Mary Wallace got a foot on it. And then Martin should have done better, shouldn't he, with his um, strike towards the end, just when we won new up, he's come across and he's you know hit it left footed and it's gone you know flying into the into the crowd. If he gets that right, it's probably going to Bart's going to struggle there. But yeah, he, he, you know it was it was a good performance. It was lovely to see the defense keep a clean sheet. I think that's our, I think that's our fifth clean sheet of the season, um, I believe. Um, so yeah, it's good to see us keeping on a clean sheet. And um, yeah, it was actually. Uh, Really pleasing to see Alex Pierce's performance. You know, I thought he did really well last night. I thought he did everything that that he was he was called upon to do. You know, with Pierce, you're not going to get a you know a, a passing sense back, but he's just going to do the basic. He's going to defend properly, and and it was a real captain's performance for him. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you saw my half fun today. Just about to mention it to Mickey there. You know, obviously we all undenied about him being off this contract last summer, and he's obviously coming to the side yesterday. His first league start of the season there, and I think you know he's proved what experience he has. Where you know. We, we've all, he's a bit of an enigma, I think. We, I'm not going to say you love him or hate him. You know, undoubtedly, his character off the pitch and we all see it. And obviously, at full time yesterday, you know, when he was like, obviously, the clip that went out on social media, you can see the influence he has and the banter he has. Um, Mickey hasn't had his phone, so he probably doesn't know what clip I'm talking about at this point. I, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. We fucking but, did that. Yeah, yeah, that one. Anyway. What was it? What was the phrase, Kai? It was, was, uh, was that would do nicely. That would yeah, do that was, nicely. Yeah, 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 that would yeah. do nicely. But like, you know, I think. In a sense, I mean, we know his contract was reduced times as well, but that one performance alone only us three points yesterday when we really needed it most. It's a masterstroke that was proved right from the manager. And I know it's hasty to say that, but, you know, we've got a squad for a reason. We've got had, a, you know, players out left, right and centre. Call on your captain, your experienced man at the back. He's coming and steady the ship there, Mickey, and got us a valuable clean sheet on the road to help us win the game. I, I agree, but I also think um, Steve Kavanagh, uh, Gary Rowett, a fucking a huge masterclass on shithousery yesterday <laughs> with the media and everything else coming up to it. We've got no players, we're playing you. Well, they look fucking like first-team players to me. Um, yes, we had a few youth on the bench and um, they looked experienced players. So, you know what, I'll take that. But um, I don't think we're as what Coventry fans have said about us. But look, we, we, deserved, a, we deserved a bit of luck, mate. Um, we've had some real shit games where we should have won and we lose to, on shit goals and stuff like that. And I think, you know, we just needed a bit of luck. And I think the team just done. But it's like I said on the group yesterday, when we're the underdog, it's when we perform. When people seem to just click and and they form that, that unbeatable mentality. And I think that's what takes us forward. You know, the, the likes of Pierce and everybody else in there, it's that that fuck you, we're not going to get beat mentality and we're going to leave it on the pitch regardless. Uh, and I think it's it, uh, you know, and I like what Gary said as well. I know we're coming to it a bit more, but I like what Gary said where he turned around and said, we want to achieve what we did with Birmingham and we don't ever want to do what we did against Peterborough ever again, which consistency. is, is the right mentality. We need, we need to back it up now, don't we? It's consistent, yeah, consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't... I don't think we've strung together a, a good run of form for all season. And I, to be honest with you, I think I even go back to last season, we've not really strung a, a, you know, a winning streak together under the manager, to be honest, for a long while. Um, and mm. it's something that needs to be addressed, I think, especially now, you know, you've got Bristol City on Sunday. You know, you're saying about with Suit being the underdog. Kai, hopefully that does us a favour come the 8th of January, being the underdog in a certain game against a, a London rival. But, you know, it's like, it's obviously, it, it, Mickey's right. It plays into our kind of bow there of having that kind of underdog mentality, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think you know when you know, they they seem to they seem to play better and 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 work even harder when 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 we're the underdog. And you know it's always great to see. You know, you, we turn up yesterday. Uh, you know, all the news coverage about you know fifteen year old player being on our bench uh, against Coventry. And, and you know, you, even though he's he's actually got a really good record. I know we're going to touch on that in a minute. Um, but you know, we we are the underdog. We look the underdog, and and we win the game. And it just it just it's a really that that yesterday was probably the most pleasing win of the season. It was the most like satisfying win of the season, just because of the fact that we were so. Um, I didn't expect anything from the game yesterday, personally. I thought a point would be a fantastic result. Um, 
but you know when you saw the lineup, I thought you know we could get a point here, and then to get three points is is, is fantastic. Um, you know, my granddad, in fact, he he, he expected us to get all three points yesterday because, as he said, when we're the underdog, we always do the best. Um, I wasn't so sure, but like, they proved me wrong, and yeah, we got all three points, which was fantastic. Yeah, it's the inner mill, isn't it? I think that kind of dogged mentality that we're saying. Uh, you're right, Mickey, to mention obviously the team there. You know, obviously we have Bart Dukowski and Gal. We had a back three of obviously Hutchinson, Pierce, and Cooper, and then obviously two wing backs of McNamara and Murray Wallace playing left wing back. Midfield two of Mitchell and Savile, and obviously Ojo was in behind Bennett and Bradshaw. I think, I suppose it is isn't a bare eleven in a sense, but it's still obviously limited in the options. Obviously Malone was on the bench, Afobi was on the bench, Smith was on the bench. I guess COVID was still affecting the side, wasn't it, Kai? I think I saw Benekfobi put on the Instagram earlier today. You know, running around after COVID is hard work, so. Even though we got 20 minutes out of him, it seems we've done well to have that kind of option on the bench. And, you know, fair play to all the players that might have been affected by COVID. We don't know who it was. But obviously, you know, backs to the wall, they all kind of put a shift in for their teammates. Yeah, and Gary Rowett said after the game, didn't he? A couple, I think there was two players, I think he said, that um, that, that had to come straight in without a day of training yesterday and, and, mm-hmm. and play. So, fair play to them. You know, fantastic. It, 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 you know, we saw last year against Coventry, actually. We played them after our COVID outbreak last year, didn't we? And we yep. looked really, really leggy, really tired. Um, and actually, yesterday I thought they they looked just as um, they looked just as. I mean, they, they had spells where they looked they looked tired. They looked like they were they were they were you know falling off the pace a little bit. But then second half comes around, you know, and we we start strong again. We come straight out of the blocks again. We could we could nearly score through Savile. And special mention to Benicophobia. I thought when he came on, he just added that little bit of quality we needed. And you know, it was, a, it was the goal that, that we that we scored. You know. Benicophobe flicks that on. I know it's not the cleanest of flicks. Obviously, Cooper heads it and then Benicophobe flicks it on. It wasn't the cleanest of flicks, but it was a vital touch to get on it to, for Bradshaw to, to slot it home. I just thought he looked lively and he stretched the defence a little bit more, which is exactly what we needed. It was good when okay. he came on. I mean, there was, I mean, I think Rouch said there were three or four players what, uh, you know, haven't haven't been able to train at all and, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, look, you know, we've spoken about COVID with the players and it's affecting. And now everything, what I've said previous, is now slowly coming out and a lot of players are finding it hard afterwards. So, fuck you, Omar. Um, not, come on. They're not, they, they, they had a circuit break at the train ground, didn't they? They didn't train for five days. The train ground was shut. And I guess they all had a nice Christmas and they all came back happy. So, you know, uh, who can knock is it? That, is that, yeah. And I mean, is that a lot of it as well? Is it just, you know, I mean, when you're going on a losing streak, it must be shit because if you do your job and you're having, you know, a few bad weeks, it, it moral, you know, morale wise, it gets you down, doesn't it? So I mean, maybe, maybe that's what the players needed. They just needed that chill, that that train from home, you know, see the family, have a good time over Christmas. And also, I mean, okay, I'm not saying they all went out and got fucking hammered on Christmas Day, but how many times, you know, for a professional player that you can't drink over Christmas, even a couple of glasses of wine or whatever, because you're playing on Boxing Day. And the fact that they didn't play Boxing Day, regardless of the reason, but they didn't play Boxing Day, must be uh, must be uplifting for a player. You know? Definitely. You know, um, it's definitely it's an uplift for me that I don't have to work Christmas, so yeah. I think it's culminating factors, but like, they probably enjoyed the, the niche of having Christmas Day at home. Um, but also, like I was unsure about how it would impact the team. Obviously, we had enough players to go there and get the result yesterday. But if you look at even like the likes of Liverpool and, you know, they're struggling at the moment because they're trying to play games every week. And, OK, let's have sympathy for the big boys. It's kind of, you know, double-edged sword in that sense. Not everyone does. But, you know, you look at Spurs, they had a two-week break. They came back against Liverpool, probably should have won the game. I know I'm deviating off topic, but, you know, they looked hungrier and more fit for the game because they had a two-week break. And I think in our case, having that two-and-a-half-week break, believe it or not, since that Peterborough game, that's the last time we played. I think it's a culminating factor of putting that wrong right. Don't look, don't look stupid like you did against Peterborough. We're always a good yeah. team that bounce back, yeah. and also the players had a you know a bit of time off in the sense to have the festivities at home. So I think it definitely works in our favour. And yeah, I mean we mentioned a little bit about the commentary fans being bitter. I mean, Mickey, you put you saw the video, didn't you? Obviously the commentary. Fans oh, we po- I posted it. Yeah, I posted it on um, on our TikTok account, and it's was fucking it um, JP Millwall made the the video, didn't he? Put I think it was him, or, or whether or not he made it, or he's got it from somewhere. But yeah, he, yeah. he's. He's got it and it's out on TikTok. We're we're sticking it on Instagram if it ain't already on there in a bit. But yes, it's it's funny, mate. You know, to be turned around and said that we're a shit team and you know we you know we are you know we're not even a footballing side and all that. Like, I think I think it's fucking a liability. You know, a liberty from mm. fucking commentary. You're you're 
you're a League One, League Two fucking yo-yo club, mate. You're nothing special yourself. You don't even fucking own your own stadium, really. You, you know, you've been playing on a fucking on a terror pitch for a few years, mate. To, you know, ground share with your biggest fucking rival and everything else. It's all a bit fucking mad, mate. Um, so yeah, it, it's you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Look, at the end of the day, mate, we were the better team on the night, regardless of how we scored. We beat you. Um, we come home with the three points, and you basically you get salty tears. So at the end of the day, if you can't deal with that, then um, unfortunately that's football. We went to Peterborough, good day out, but unfortunately we come home with a loss. So it's it, it's one of those things, mate. Um, unfortunately, Peterborough, we just didn't turn up. It wasn't that we were beaten by a better team. We just didn't turn up. Um, Commentary did turn up. They were trying. They just weren't good enough. Um, shit happens. Um I think and, uh, even you said their manager was a bit bitter, wasn't he? Mark Robbins in the post post match press conference saying, you know, not only have we all been affected by COVID, I think they were missing their goalkeeper Simon Moore, um, but you know, like I think they missed a couple of others as well. But he, I think even I don't know if it's maybe if you if I feel like if you're a football fan and your team plays pretty football and you know you got good players at like Canemo here, you feel like you've got an immediate right to be a better side than every team out there. So maybe you know. It's the, their successes are doing them injustice where it's making it Delusional. feel like they should beat teams like Millwall but at the end of the day there's nothing wrong with playing up and out in football is there? No I agree I think I mean you know Coventry are a good side they, they came to they came to the den uh, what in September was it and they, they did look good um, I thought they, they played well that day um, but there's there's no there's nothing to suggest as Mickey said they've just come up they came up two seasons ago we, we, we're, we're, we are an established championship side I'd say now uh, we've been Champion League for what five is our fifth year, and then obviously we've been there many times before. You know, obviously got relegated to League One, come back up and stuff. So you know, I think we've you know we are we are a much more established Championship side than them for sure. So um, you know, they've got some good players. Callum O'Hare is good. Uh, that Gikarez is good. Um, obviously, I think it's Hamer we had out yesterday who's who, who's good. He would have made it. He would have, have made an impact. But then again, we had players out yesterday. We we were missing Jeb Wallace. You know, you know. Are one of our most influential players, if not the most influential. So, you know, both but teams you... were missing a, few, missing a few players, but I think on the balance of the fact that we were missing more, I thought we, you know, we, we showed our, our hunger to win the game. Have we really missed Jed Wallace since he hasn't been playing, in all honesty? Well, he was not, he's been a bit off form, I think, for a little while, to be honest. And mm. I don't know if that's the style of play shift and less of reliance on him. I, his output since the start of the season, you know, he's scoring the free kick against Blackpool. You know, he's on a lot of set pieces, scoring penalties. If you take them away, maybe his input this year has been less than previous seasons gone by. But undoubtedly, you know, Jed is our best player on his day. It's just, I think maybe the last few weeks, I don't know, maybe we've seen a bit of different form, but he's allowed to or, do that if we're still picking up results. So, you know. No, that's it. Or is Gary now looking at different formation to be able to deal with when maybe. Jed goes? It's a refreshing thing to see yeah. us win the game. And let's talk about, you know, at the end of the Peterborough game, I, me, me and Mickey saw it. He was getting, you know, abuse from fans, as you'd expect after losing the game. And I think a few were, you know, left, right, centre, giving, you know, the, the mill messages after the game. It, you know, he reacted sarcastically to it, Mickey. I mean, he, I think he does take a lot of things on his on his chin and he's he's fine with a lot of it. And he can take a lot of abuse and banter both ways. Mm. But maybe is he, is that signs? Because in the past, he wouldn't really react to it. Is that signs of a player that, is maybe knowing his days are over soon or, you know, it's going to be going. And he, right I mean, he's going to be going unless he's holding out. Oh, fuck. I think he goes at the end of the season. Unless we get, yeah. unless we get and, a ridiculous offer for a player that's out of contract in six months' time, he stays does he, the season. But does he get a lump sum? Say, for instance, if he, he runs his contract down and then signs again with us, does he get a lump no. of money as a, as a fee? It's just standard. But if he goes to another club, He'd get a bundle of money as a signing on. You got to think if you play it that way, he he could get potentially the transfer fee that a club would pay for him if he had mm. three years left on his contract. Instead, he's you know going to get a bumper signing on fee somewhere else, and mm. you know for all we know, get paid good money. And I mean, we were saying it before we went on air. Like I worry a club like you know, we, I think what's the rumours? Nottingham Forest, West Brom, for example, clubs that can throw money in. But I worry if a, a Newcastle, you know, might be thinking, okay, we're going down to the Championship. Who do we need? Pluck out this last the last three four seasons the best five or six players from the championship, Jed Wallace falls in that category. You know, it doesn't take a lot to see a player move on and go somewhere like that. But do you begrudge him? We've spoken about that before. I guess it's a topic for another day. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge him. I think, he's, no, I think he's right. You know, I think he's doing it for the right reason, but it depends. I mean, I'd be a, I'd be a little bit disappointed if he went to Forest or 
Brom. West Brom, maybe they play sort of football, they might have the money. But, you know, I, I'd feel a little bit hard done by if he went to a championship club. If he went to a premiership, you know, like if Newcastle come down and Newcastle is obviously going to go out of their way to try and get straight back up, then you sort of say, okay, fair enough. You know, the chances are they're going to go up. But going for another championship club just seems as if you're not really focused on playing out your last part of the, your career. You, you know, you're not obviously looking at your good. But it's again, I suppose, are people going to pay the money now? What's he worth now? What are you going to get for him? Maybe we'll not three, get money for him. Three. We'll not get money now for him. That's it. It's, we'll not, it mm. won't get any fee for him at this point. Unless you want to say but, you want to beat people to it and think but what's his value in January. Right now, his value or yeah, three to five. What right now? Because he's got six months left on his contract. But say say without contract, if if someone if you wanted to buy Jed Wallace, what do you think his value is? A Jed Wallace contracted to the club that's got two years left on his deal. I would want at least five million pounds for him. Mm. So, you know, Mill's losing out on that money, but then mm. if he gets us into the playoffs and we get promoted magically and he somehow stays because of that, then, you know, that balancing act is worth it, isn't it, in that sense? But we'll move on from Jed. We're going to talk about it probably for weeks to come and months to come anyway, towards the end of the season. Um, let's talk about Sack Lovelace. Come on, 15 years old, 340 days, isn't it? You know, um, just scored, by the way. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> second uh, youngest ever player to play for Millwall. Moshe Sazikodi was the first, um, you know, 15 years, 340 days old. What was you doing then, Kai, when you were 15 years old? <laughs> I was still at school, firstly. I mean, I'd yeah. just gone to college, but I was still at school. Um, yeah, probably a little bit of football training after school, local team, um, doing my homework. Well, like, like he was on the way up up to up to Coventry yesterday. So there's at least one yeah. thing in common. Um, but but not, nothing, nothing like coming on, making my senior debut for Millwall. In front of probably know, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Some how, facts. How, no, wait one second. Sorry, Mickey. Can you imagine how excited he will be walking into school on in January, thinking, "There you go. I play. I played first team football in the championship. What are you not doing?" I think that chip on his shoulder will be getting ever bigger. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, I can't remember what I was doing when I was fifteen. I hate to ask Mickey what he was doing when he was fifteen. It's a little while ago for him. So, <laughs> go nothing on, give us you the can potentially nothing where you can potentially talk about on uh, on a public podcast. Let's put it that way. Go. But yeah, um, yeah, thirty years ago, fucking hell, when I was fifteen. Um, <laughs> Thirty-one years ago, when I was fifteen. There you go. But yeah, listen, um, iPhone wasn't even out. Um, because iPhone didn't come out till 2007. Facebook didn't come out until September 2006. You could only get it if you're a student. Uh, the biggest game system in 2006 was the Wii. Yeah. Um, so you could play tennis and, and everything else in there. Um, till 2006 was the year fucking Ronaldo done the wink and got, or, or done the wink when Rooney got sent off and we got, we went out of the European, um, was it European? No, was World it European Cup. or the World, World Cup? Cup. Um, Arctic Monkeys released their first album. What else fucking went on? You're feeling old, are you? Oh, Boric. <laughs> oh, fucking, you must have been, you You were that age where you went round school going, nice. Isn't that? Boric come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boric come out that year. That was the first year that that come out. Richard Hammond had his crash in his jet car. Yeah. Um, mate. Nintendo Wii England, Hammond, Arctic. Oh, yeah. Crazy by Noel Barkley as well. That came out in 2006. And the Crazy Frog. People were still downloading Crazy Frog ringtones in 2006. There you go. Ding, ding. Um... <laughs> I don't remember any of that. <laughs> oh, David Craig. David Craig was his, played his first role as James Bond in Casino Royale. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, David Craig, yeah, Daniel Craig. Sorry, I don't know how you do it. Fair play to you for your yeah, there you go. Mickey's on his research for today, anyway. Uh, but I think obviously what we picked up on after the game, obviously, in Gary Wright's post match interview with the club media, he obviously said about a change of directive, didn't he, as a club? And I think I hear a lot about it, a lot of clubs talk about it in the general championship, and this is something that I've always been kind of banging the drum for myself, to be honest. Like, we need to build our own assets to then compete with clubs in the championship. You look at Brentford, they obviously produced and bought talent at a young age. You know, they kind of scaled the lower leagues, scaled the foreign markets, signed players for below their market value, nurture them, and then create a, you know, a player that's worth 
north of 20 million. Ollie Watkins comes to mind. Neil Morpay comes to mind. Um, Andre Gray comes to mind. These are four. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage forwards that have all played for that club and kind of gone on to pass as new in the chat in the Premier League I guess Kai you know what was telling his interview yesterday was you know he feels that like, you know it's the pennies dropped in that sense where Mill need to have their youngsters come into the side they need to you know these are free assets you put money into them when they're young and hopefully nurture them and in the future either they bring you on or you sell them on and then that can help you bring players in to bring you on in the future I suppose yeah, that's massive. I mean, I think, you know, the academy at Millwall is, is really progressing. We've brought, uh, you know, Billy Mitchell, Danny McNamara have come, have come through. Um, you know, we've, we've had, we've had a, you know, them two in particular, Billy Mitchell, I think we've seen the, we've started to see, well, especially at the start of the season, we were starting to see his potential. Now he's come through and he looks, he looks like he's been in, the, in that squad for, for years. He look, he's fantastic. He doesn't look out of place at all. He's so composed on the ball. Um, he, he works really hard. Same with Danny. Danny's Danny's improving every game as well. Both both are, are looking to, looking the set to be fantastic players um, for us. Uh, if they can keep on improving like they are, um, and you know, it'd be interested to see how we can bring other players in. Like you know, I was excited to see Nana Boating on the bench last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's supposed to be a really good talent. Uh, he's quick. Uh, good, 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 uh, every time I watch the twenty three, he's got very good, uh, very good uh, quick feet, and he and he can and he can hit one as well. So it was good to see him on the bench last night. You know, at this point we couldn't maybe see them on the on the, on the pitch, uh, but it was lovely to see to see Zach come on. Um, you know, even if it was only for a couple of minutes, it was just lovely to see him come on. And you know, he he nearly even robbed McFadden of the ball, didn't he? If he would have, what what story that could have been potentially? Um, but yeah, let's. I, I hope he gets more minutes in the in in the very near future. And let's have it right. These aren't open gestures from the manager. You know, you're there on merit because there's plenty of other players he could have chosen, I suppose, through the 23s and 18s. He thinks, you know, Topper Large was on the bench as well, Nana Boateng and Lovelace. You know, these players, obviously, Mickey, deserve to be there, don't they? And, you I know, see fair play to them. See, his PE, his um, academy, the PE department of his academy goes at, they um, gave him a shout. They look as if they were possibly invited to the game as well. So, you know, I thought it was funny that he had to, because of FA rules and all that, like, he had to have the permission of the head teacher and his parents before he could play. And um, he had his own changing room as well. Yeah. So he couldn't get changed, obviously, with men. He's a kid. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose he would have to. So he had so, his own change room yeah. as well yesterday. Oh, so, another fact for well, you. I was just thought Google brought, brought YouTube as well in 2006. <laughs> yeah, that's for about one point, <laughs> I think they bought it for about 1.7 billion. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. But no, um, it's. It's great for uh, look, more. We'll drop in as we go through. Don't worry. <laughs> as he opens, as he opens Google to have a little search. But you know, I think this is it. You think fair play to him, and obviously, it's great to see. And I guess I, I, something I, we've debated before when we had our Friday Night Live shows, Mickey. I, I always remember saying it. I think this sort of directive of looking for youth is it something that's come from the club? Because I feel like it should be. And maybe you, we said it. Obviously, maybe Berylson or Steve Cavanaugh saying. We've got to have these assets turn into something worthwhile for the club and have monetary gain. I think I think what it is is that COVID losses, everything else, and it and they've just got to sit there and go, look, we've got to become more and more, especially with the fact that they're looking to fast track this new academy training facility, everything else near Brands Hatch. They're obviously looking to make future investors investments in players and. I just don't see the point of having a player what you lose on compensation rules and make fuck all out of it when, you know, this young lad could be something in the making and you suddenly bring him up through the ranks. He's cost you nothing. You bring him up through the ranks and then sell him for five, six, seven, eight, ten million pounds, you know, once he's played a few bits in his career. And all of a sudden, you're then turning money around and you're just reinvesting. Because let's be honest, South East London... There's some fucking talent playing around in South East London. There's some talent come from South East London. Cherno, Moses, etc. Do you know what I mean? There, there's some talent what's come from South East London, yet we just don't seem to to cap hold of it and, and keep it or, or 
or focus well, it correctly. There was that experiment in lockdown. I don't know if you remember seeing it because I don't think we even was chatting a lot back then. But um, someone made a foot manager database and basically put 25 players in every club based on who's closest to that said club. And so basically they simulated it forwards and they made one big division with all these clubs in it. And through all the clubs in the country, Millwall came first in that simulation because they had players like Eddie Nketiah there, Jaden Sancho, um, Rian Brewster, all these Lewisham-born players that grew up in Lewisham under Millwall's nose. Obviously, these academies come in, scoop them up. I think even Charlton were in the top four because, you know, you've got these clubs there. I'll find the thread and I'll try and dig it out somewhere. But all these clubs are, you know, got these young, nurtured players. Joe Gomez, I think, was a Lewisham boy. He was close to the Millwall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, you think, like, all these players that right under Mill's nose, but because of this Premier League power in when it comes to academies, but I think that shows what the talent is in South East London. And, you know, a lot of clubs are doing the same thing, looking for this. And it's been highlighted recently, you know, Peckham uh, Peckham show that they've done uh, South London Ballers with Rio Ferdinand. You know, he, he's highlighted that with BT Sport and all the players that have come through there. And it's, it's right on Mill's doorstep. And I think the benefit of having a 15-year-old play yesterday it hopefully gives and sheds a positive light on that. And anyone that's 14, 15 years old and plays in an academy and maybe plays for Millwall and, you know, has the option to maybe go elsewhere, they might be thinking, hang on, I might actually play at Millwall. You look at, um, is it Ed Azozi, the guy that left us, Kai, to go to Man City? I think that's we it, sold yeah. him for a million pounds when he was 14, 15. Yeah. How likely is he to break in at City? Probably not We've got likely. another player. We've got, we've got another player who went to City, haven't we, who's, who's supposed Ed, to be the next... Ed Azozi was, he's, I think he was on the bench for the Community Shield at the start of the season. And I think we got a million pound fee for him when he was 14 years old. So I guess that shows how highly City think of him. But, you know, it's all a game for these Premier League clubs because they roll the dice on it. Because if they make a bit of money back on them in the long term, they're laughing. So, you know, I suppose from Millwall point of view, a PR point of view, a 15-year-old playing yesterday just does wonders for the reputation of youngsters in the area thinking, oh, maybe I will go to South London. Maybe I will play for Millwall. Got and I think that's the way Millwall's played on it, isn't it? That's the way I think yeah. the PR's done. done. And I think it yeah. I think it falls in with this new training facility and everything else. If they play it right, they can get the pit because you know, realistically, when I mean you read Michael Michael Calvin's book of Hunger in Paradise and and watch the documentary about it. I mean, what the fuck does City need an under fives elite program? Do you know what I mean? For kids under five, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you know, let kids be kids and let them go on and then do. I mean, a kid at five, four, five, three, four, five, who's good at football, by the time he meets girls and other things, he suddenly might not want to be in the football at 10. And all of a sudden, you know, this kid's just been pushed down a direction where he don't need to go to for money and everything else. The only people who are making out of that is his parents, you know, because Man City ain't going to, you know, not give his parents a new house or new this, new that. Okay, benefits in the long run, I suppose. But surely... A local team giving it and everything else. And also, I think it does the reputation for Millwall. It doesn't do them any harm and try and get rid of this, you know, easy stereotype what's always there. Oh, it's a racist club. Oh, it's this, it's all that. Fucking just come and see Millwall and come and get to know him and actually understand that it's got fuck all to do with racing. Even though you wouldn't believe it last night with the fucking commentary after fucking what happened there. But yeah, hey ho. <laughs> I think this is it though. Like, and obviously, like, you know, I think Man City, the reason why it's so beneficial for Cleveland Man City, they raised £40 million in the summer and they didn't sell one single first-team player. It was all through, you know, young players that played one or two games for them. So you see the monetary gain for these big clubs and that helps them then That's sign it. Jack Grealish, Grealish for £100 million. So double-edged sword in that sense there. But I think we've come to the end of part one anyway. Went on a bit of a deviance there, but I think there's loads of topics to talk about in the future there in different shows. Um, and I think we will go into more depth about that. But we'll wrap up part one here and come back to part two where we'll talk about Sunday's game away to Bristol City. And welcome to the second part of the show. As mentioned, we have a away trip, the second of a week away at Bristol City on Sunday. One o'clock kickoff, I'm not mistaken, chaps. Uh, Kai, you looking forward to Sunday? Are you going to go to it or you're not going to make it? Or what's, what's your plan, mate? I was looking at potentially getting some tickets for it. Um, I think yeah. you, you can, they, you've got They're on hours. sale. Yeah, yeah you've They're got on sale. Hours, yeah. So yeah. I, was, I was looking at it. Mike, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm, well, I'd, I'd love to go. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it works with, with you know, um, other stuff. Logistics. Like yeah. yeah, logistics, yeah. But if it works, absolutely. I, I'd like to go. I'm looking at tickets. So I might, I might get some tonight. i uh, love to do that. So... Yeah, fingers crossed we can we can perform, you know, with the same um, determination and hard working nature that we did 
um, against Coventry. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be lovely to see, see us get back to back wins. And if results go our way, which they don't look like they are right now, um, it, we could be in the playoffs at the end of play. <laughs> I mean, Mickey. I mean, we didn't mention it in the first part, but obviously the away following yesterday at Coventry on a Wednesday night, in between Christmas and New Year, I think it was over a thousand in the end. Obviously, I think we initially sold eight hundred and sold two hundred on pay on the day. Um, but you know, the, what what more do you need for motivation to go than seeing your team win away from home last night to go on Sunday? I think, you know, I think obviously we're playing on a high after a win. Hopefully that we can back it up on Sunday away at Bristol City. But you know, it, to bring a follow into away games, obviously it made a big difference yesterday, and hopefully that's something we can do Sunday away at Bristol City. I totally agree with it. One minute. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry. Um, I'll try and edit it out if I remember. If I don't, then you've had Mickey sneeze. So. <laughs> um, no, I think pay, day, pay in the day should be around. I think it's ridiculous. We've had this membership, season ticket scheme, hidden tax, hidden, you know, whatever way you want to look at it, since the Birmingham um, riot games. And um, I think it's about time that, you know, that we need to stop it to a degree because... Um, what will be will be. You can't change what will be. You know, the old Bill Weather standoff approach now, they just videoed and catch people up later on anyway. So what will be will be. But I think that when you've got away fans, what, you know, things change. Like yesterday, you had 200-odd fans suddenly turn up and go, actually, you know what, I'm going to go an hour and a half up the road and I'm going to go to to watch them play, you know, in Coventry or I live around the corner, I'm going to go see him and all that. And and that's what you want. You want that's that's what football's all about. It's that change of plans last minute, and you go, okay, and go. And I think that's that's what should happen. You know, you should have pay as your day. I mean, I know why they don't have it, um, and it's open to season ticket and members only. But you know, if that's the way you still want to force it, then just tell the clubs that that's the way. But they can do pay in the play in the day, but you have to show your membership or season ticket to be able to buy a ticket. At least that's a better of two evils. Um, but I think I think enough's enough now. I think, it, you know, it's gone on far too long. It's the best part of 20 years now. Why? Why? There's no reason for it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Millwall, Millwall does their utmost not to fucking change it by sending letters out and telling people not to sell pay in the day. But I think it should be. I mean, you know, you might get a few more people turn up um, at Bristol selling tickets online for 24 hours. Some people might not see the message. Some people might not get paid till tomorrow. Some people, you know, might not be able to make arrangements till last minute. So if it was pay as a day, pay on the day, then you might get a few more turn up. Um, and I think that one of the biggest problems is, is that, you know, the team needs more more fans there, but the club don't really care because they're not really getting any income from it. So the other, the other positive thing, isn't it, that, that will be, you know, if they do bring back pay on the day, would be the, the thing right now with COVID is that today apparently EFL is set to scrap the uh, tests on the day, uh, the, the day of the match. Players have been doing tests to see if they've got COVID for the last couple of weeks because of the uh, recent out of the recent Omicron uh, variant. So if they do scrap that, it means there'll be less last minute postponements. We would mean, Fans would be more likely to want to go up there and do it rather than think, oh, what well, might be postponed an hour before kickoff, which has happened to, I think, happened to Hull versus Blackburn the other day, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and Bradley Dack commented on the Twitter's shambles or something. So, you know, it, it does happen and it can really I mean, yeah. Up uh, there. Yeah. And also, you know, fans want to pay tickets and all that. But that's, that's across that's across all the football where they, you know, last minute fucking changes and all that. Lot. It, it, you know, it is. But, I mean, the other thing which got me, it's a bugbear at the minute, is, look, you know, people moaning. There's a certain person who keeps moaning across social media and, look, you know who you are. I don't need to mention your name, mate. You know exactly who you are. Um, who keeps going, oh, it's a travesty. You know, the club's forcing fans not to go to games. The club's not forcing you to do nothing. It's the government. If you can't stick a fucking swab at the back of your throat or you're not fucking savvy enough to have a pal do a test and you take the negative, allegedly, because it happens, you know, let, let's be honest with it, and just get a copy of a fucking negative test or fucking stick a swap up your nose and go to the game, then you're the one losing out. No one else, because if you don't go, someone else will. And what's the harm? Either you're vaccinated or you're not. I don't give a shit either way. If you want to be it, you don't want to be it. It's actually it's your business, not mine. Couldn't give a fuck. But 
all you've got to do is provide a negative test and you can go to football. So to me, it's this, oh, I've never tested, I can do this and do that. Well, do whatever you want to do. But, you know, you're going to football, you're sitting next to other people. Surely it's about protecting everyone who's there, not just fucking fulfilling your moral obligation of fucking having a one-man battle or one-lady battle against fucking government decision. Here's what it is. If you don't like it, don't go. But the only people who are losing out is the team you you allegedly love and support, and you're the one who's not going to be able to watch them, watch live games until either it changes or you change. So, <laughs> so should we talk a bit about Bristol City anyway, just before we wrap up? Obviously, some good players I, in there, Kai. Yeah, I don't have six fingers. Did you? Because <laughs> they're tractor driving six <laughs> fingers. They've they got an extra one, haven't they, from doing all the farming they do. Uh, but they yeah, love their sister. In, yeah, they've got some good <laughs> players in there, obviously. Thomas Callas comes to mind. Jay De Silva, you know, players that have played at a high level in some academies. I think they're both from Chelsea. Um, Andy King in the midfield. James as well. Uh, you know, I think they've got some good players there. Semenyo, another Lewisham-born player that, you know, just scored as that. well. He's a South London boy. Uh, who, Bristol City. Yeah. Just scored King. Kings. Just, uh, oh no, Kings just been sent off. Sorry. No, it's not oh, for you. Andy King's not playing Saturday Sunday then. <laughs> no, no. Second, second yellow. And obviously, Chris Martin is another player that comes to mind, you know, but championship know-how, bit of a target man. Tough team. We obviously got a one-year win against the early in the season. Jed Wallace, I think, scored a penalty, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was a sub that game. Came on and didn't he? And had an impact on the game. Should be tough. But, you know, with an extra day's advantage of rest, you could say, obviously, we're travelling down to Bristol. But it should be, hopefully, you know, be that opportunity we need to try and string together a good run of form to kick on to, hopefully, who knows what, throughout January. Yeah, definitely. I think they um, they had a really poor run. They broke it about four weeks ago, I think it was, uh, where they couldn't win at home. They didn't win at home for about twenty games or something. It was a, it was a, like went back, went back probably about a year or so. I think they won the other day. I can't remember who they beat, but the last couple of games they've won I thought, three or four at home. I think it's on the bounce as well. So their home form's picked up since since that that record that they've broken that rotten record. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking to turn up. But obviously, we turned to the Coventry, who have also got a good record at home, and, and we beat them. There's no reason why we can't beat Bristol City. Um, and yeah, it should be it should be a good game, and hopefully we can get all three points. And 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 talk, we talk about the consistency. If we can beat Bristol City, we'll be starting to show a bit more consistency, which is key to getting into the playoffs. If we if that's our aim, definitely. I mean, I guess we'll talk more about January as a whole when we get to that, and obviously what potential we can do in the market. But you know, I think it'd be interesting who comes back from COVID on Sunday. I mean, who was missing really notably from yesterday's game that sticks out a lot for you boys. I mean, we had pretty much everyone available, I feel like, that plays of late, but obviously a couple of players are missing, but, you know, hopefully a couple more come back into the squad and it can help us kick on Kai on Sunday. Yeah, I saw an, I saw an article earlier suggesting that Evans and Thompson um, could be back on on Sunday. Um, I know Thompson hasn't featured for us much this year, has he? Um, no. But obviously, if he's fit and he's um, and he's back from COVID, then it'd be nice to maybe see him giving a go as well, see what he, see what he can do. Um, you know, you know, it's it's important. We've got we've got the senior numbers and stuff, and also I'd love to see the youngsters on the bench as well. Evans is back apparently. That's what they that's what the article I read earlier suggested. So, um, if Evans and Thompson are about starting to boost senior numbers now, um, and it'd be lovely to see the 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 youngsters on the bench again and see potentially them given given a chance again. Well, more of a chance on on Sunday, but obviously if everything's going to plan, it'd be lovely to to to, to win up there and yeah. Hopefully we can get all three points. Definitely, I'm going to see how long it takes Mickey to realise he's on mute before he decides to try and pipe in twice. There. I think, yeah, yeah, fuck you. Um, I think Gary <laughs> needs to put money where his mouth is, and he needs to, you know, if he wants to look at bringing youth in, then he needs to start, you know, looking at getting a bit of the youth in um, and seeing where we go. Because at the end of the day, if we can, we can start bedding some of those youth players. If that's the way the club wants to seriously go, then we have got some good players there. Who can um, who can potentially do us, you know, a right result going forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, I was switching on my laptop because it was just about to tell me it was going to switch off. Um, but no, I think I think Bristol we should be all right there. I think if we can go into it the mentality we had last night, um, then I think. But you know, hey ho, it's Millwall, mate. We can have one victory, play really well, and then we play fucking like dog shit. So. Um, Let's not hold your breath yet, but yeah, fingers crossed uh, we can get another three points and then uh, and move further up the table. So, yeah. And I mean, look, don't forget, when was it? I think it was 88 
we come out of Christmas fucking 12 points off, 12 points off the, the top of the league and we fucking went on a, went on a big unbeaten nine game unbeaten run. Um, and look what happened in, in, you know, around there, mate. So, uh, we're due a winning streak, cross. aren't we? And like I think we've said it in recent shows that I think Kai, you you said the stat earlier in the month. This is our best start to the season in championship for a long while. And whilst we've not been great to sit and play, you know, to watch at times, and you know we've grinded that results when we had to. But also, if it's yet to click, and you think Lord Rogers, it surely should click eventually. Not a bad place to be in at this point of the season, where you know you're in and around it, and maybe at times we do take it for granted, I suppose, as fans, because we can see <laughs> the potential, we can see what we want. But to be in and around it quite at this point of the season, and you know, yet see it click, you never know. I suppose. Yeah, we've been we've been that we've been quite good second half of the season um, in in recent years, haven't we? So you know, to be in in the mix this year, I mean, obviously under Neil Harris back 2017-2018, we were you know quite a few points off the playoffs, and we, we were so close to to making it. I think we went off on the 17-18 match on beaten run that year, um, mm-hmm. and there's no reason why we can't do something like that again. Um, you know, there's no there's no team apart from I guess Fulham and Bournemouth who actually have been stuttering themselves in recent weeks. Um, Black Blackburn look very good right right now. Um, and Brown did I mean, twenty goals, isn't he? So I mean, um, looking at looking at it otherwise, yeah. I mean, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, and Bournemouth, we've got two games in hand in them. Mm-hmm. You know, one game in hand on the other top ones, apart from obviously Fulham. Um, but you know. Realistically, if we can win the next two games, all of a sudden we're suddenly, you know, we're we're potentially fighting that number six spot. And what's to say, you know, is, look, I'm not saying we're going to fucking smash it and we're going to get promoted, but stranger things have happened, mate. Those draws. Do I have to, I'm going to go back to the start of the season and get our three predictions out. I think we all was on a high, weren't we, going into the season? So you never know; it could still come to the the cream could come to the to the top. There, it's happened you know? before. Coming out of Christmas, it's happened before. So, you know, um, and also do not forget that next year is probably one of our greatest teams, what didn't do it, which is the 50-year anniversary next year. And it's also Mm -hmm. Brian King's 75th birthday as well next year. And and could could it happen? Could could we do it? Nick's done a a 72-73 calendar this year for next year. Could Could it happen? I don't know. If you believe in omens and you believe in the yeah. stars aligning. Those <laughs> draws, though, do you know what? Those draws, what we've moaned about and we fucking take the piss out of them and we've done the Jaws posters and we've done all of that with it. But those draws, six, seven, eight draws, where we've got eight points, has potentially fucking saved us. If not, we'd be on 25 points and we'd basically be 19th now. If we didn't yeah. get those eight points, we'd be Very around true. the bottom. We'd be around 20, 19th, 20, around that sort of area. And we'd be in a completely different story. Okay, fine, some of the, the bottom teams are low, but we'd be in a different a different arena to where we are now. We're right now, we're potentially, you know, what, six, seven points off playoff. How many teams, have, lost, keep it. How many teams have only lost six times this season? Not many. Yeah. We're one of them. Yeah, yeah, so it's not it's not uh, bad. We're hard to beat, but if we get it right the yeah. other way, then who knows? The, the interesting getting off uh, topic a little bit. What's the date today? Thirtieth. So Omar, twenty second of January. We, we're nearing it. <laughs> Just ask me about today because tickets went on sale. So <laughs> what's that? I don't know what you're on about. Refresh your mind. Refresh your mind. Uh, I don't know what uh, Bob Barton. Don't worry. Don't worry, Kai. I can I can sound clip this as much as he can fucking not put it in the show. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what you're on about. Refresh my memory. What's happening twenty second uh, of January, chaps? I don't know. So I believe. Well, to be fair, I'm I'm if getting. Advarson doesn't. Yeah. If Advarson doesn't go in the January transfer window, <laughs> then come twenty oh, second of January, Omar. If you go back to the beginning of the shows, Omar is going to go for a swim in Blackpool. Allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. Well, to be or, fair, I'm, I'm going for he's going to be making a, a, a considerable donation to a to a, a, a local charity. <laughs> <laughs> You're going for a swimming ball, aren't you, Clark? I remember right as well. Yeah, if we, don't, if we don't make the playoffs, 
Yeah. I've got Bournemouth on the sixth of May. I think. Yeah. Least, so yeah. so I, 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 I lose as well, but I guess it's. I guess it'd be nice weather. Hopefully, then. So. I mean, a... Black, Blackpool is my like my weekend for foot, the for, for, for closest game to my birthday as well. So you know, good we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've come to natural close anyway. Uh, Kai, what's your prediction for Sunday's game? I'll go for uh, one nil, and yep. I'll go nil or one nil, and I'll go for Tom Bradshaw to continue his uh, scoring scoring run. Love that, Mickey. It's not a hard two... question, mate. No, I'm going to go two one. 2-1 to... Millwall. Okay. I think... I don't want to shit on our parade, but I'm going to go nil-nil. I just think it'll be a mm. tough game. I'll take a nil-nil away at Bristol City. You know, set us up nicely for that game next weekend that we all mm. want to talk about, which we can't wait to talk about next week anyway. So, yeah, I think that's going to be us. Go They've on. scored early tonight, so I think yeah, I think we've got to give them one, but I think we're, we're potentially... We're coming back. I think, back a, I think you know what? If you said to me at the start of the week, we'd get four points out of six from these two games. I think we would, we took it. Um, and I think, you know, it's in the balance, but also we're going to January. Let's see if we can strike from early in the window and then who knows what can happen. So, yeah, we've come to our closing point anyway for today's show, guys. If you've enjoyed it, be sure to leave a like. Like I said, subscribe if you're new and obviously hit the subscribe button also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It just helps us bump up the charts a little bit more. And obviously, your feedback's always appreciated. If, you ha- if you're new around here as well, check our socials at that mill pod. Mickey's always on TikTok. He's always grinding over there to try and get the exposure just, over there. Um, go on, mate. Just one thing. Look, there's there's, there's a few other YouTube videos, uh, content creators out there and whatnot. And uh, and so we know there's loads of you subscribers out there. Just have a look at our channel. Just give it a like and, and give it a subscribe and, and see if we can, you know, go up to the 500, go up to, hello, uh, get up. I know what you're doing, uh, there. You're see. doing a dance for me. <laughs> That's it, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, get up to a lot. I'll tell you what, if we can get to a thousand subscribers by the twenty second of January, I'll go in I'll go in the Blackpool Sea with fucking with um with Omar. Um famous last words. So well listen, if we get to a thousand subscribers by by the week or so before then, mate, then uh, yeah, definitely I'll go for a swim. I'm not scared of a bit of cold water, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I've got my train tonight now. I'm talking about Blackpool. It's refreshing the memory. So um, let's sort it out. But yeah, like I said, we'll come to an end here anyway, guys. We'll be back probably on Monday to talk hopefully about a positive result away at Bristol City. And then we've got some guests for Monday. Okay. And we can start to ramp up our kind of hopes and ambitions ahead of Palace at home. So thanks for watching, guys. We'll be back next week. Tune in soon and catch you later. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly, like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Here's a scary number, 11,400. That's how many vehicles were stolen in Virginia last year. But here's a better number, three. Three simple tips to protect your ride. One, be afraid of the dark. Park in a safe, well-lit space. Two, bury your treasure. Hide valuables from passersby. And three, protect your car before you go too far. Close your windows, lock your doors, and take your keys with you. Need more tips? Visit heatreward.com prevention. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.